If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Deeper Calling with your host, Teresa Nutt. Teresa is dedicated to empowering women to follow their soul's purpose and live their life by design. Teresa is here to talk about self-care, intuition, and evolving consciousness. So please welcome the host of your Deeper Calling, Teresa Nutt. Hi everyone, Teresa here on the Your Deeper Calling show on Bold Brave TV. It's so great to be here with you again this week. And I have a really special guest today, Angela Hay Vincent. We're going to talk about this interesting topic of shadow, which can be maybe sound a little dark and dreary. And then again, it's almost Halloween, so why not? But this conversation about really how we, when we move toward our deeper calling, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It requires some inner work to make the outer shift. So, Angela, welcome. So glad to have you here today. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you want to start with, you know, what do you mean by shadow work? Because I think first and foremost, there's a lot out there and who knows what your definition is versus someone else's. So can we start there? Oh, absolutely. So when I, when I talk about shadow work, um, I'm really going back to Carl Jung um, and talking about this understanding that we have parts of ourselves that we kind of push off to the sides because they're somehow not acceptable um, based on the way that we were brought up or the experiences that we've had. Um, and this can be from family structure, this can be from religious institutions, this can be from all manner of places that we learn what of ourselves is okay to show up with and what is not. Um, so that's really the work that I step into doing with people. Um, and that's how I, how I think about the shadow is the, the parts of ourselves that are unacceptable. Yeah, thanks, Angela. It's such great a definition. And I think when I think about my work with people trying to get in touch with What's my soul purpose? What's my deeper calling? Often the shadow are the parts of ourselves that, like you said, we put in hiding that actually have really good medicine for the work we're uniquely designed to do. But we sort of have been taught by some well-meaning others that maybe those parts of us are a little less desirable. So we put mm -hmm. them on the shelf or in the closet or totally become they become missing in action in our life. So we get to reclaim them for ourselves. So 
Thank you for starting with the definition, just so we can ground everyone in this conversation. And I know you do shadow work in a few different ways. So I'm wondering if I can just open a broad question and say, how do you work with others on this topic of the shadow and how do you see it show up? Mm, good question. Um, so the way that I usually work with people and their shadow, um, it'll, it'll show up in a couple of different ways. Um, so I tap with people and I also do energy work with people and it will show up in the ways for them that they feel like they're not necessarily able to step fully into the work that they really want to do. And so we'll go, we'll go looking around. And sometimes that has to do with inner children that they have. Um, sometimes that has to do with the different ways that they've fragmented off. Um, and some, and in some cases it's the shadow and all three of those have to do with not allowing a wholeness or not, um, experiencing a whole self. And shadow work is one of those really beautiful, it's kind of a quick fix almost. I, I see change happening really fast for people um, because it isn't necessarily based in trauma in the same way that a fragmentation would happen or an inner child would be formed. Um, it is really a, um, a an understanding, like coming to an understanding and a wel welcoming back of this part of yourself. And when that happens, it's pretty quick and it's kind of remarkable to see. So I do it in a couple of different ways. Um, but the most effective way that I've found so far is through guided meditation. So I'll just have them close their eyes and step into a space of um, connecting with this part of themselves that feels like it's unacceptable in whatever shape it's showing up for them in their lives. Um, and we have various shadows. We don't just have one shadow self. We have sort of a a whole entire shadow side <laughs> and within that space you you can see a lot of different shadows showing up um and you know some people have hundreds and some people have just a couple um and one of the things that i can do is muscle test for how many shadows they have and kind of what areas those are in so that's that's very helpful <laughs> it's very useful yeah absolutely well i'm thinking about you know the gift of doing shadow work is that often when we disconnect from something, there's the more challenging side of whatever that shadow is, the parts that are probably why people said to put that in the closet or on the shelf or wherever we tucked it away. But generally the flip side of that is there's a real gift, as you mentioned, and that is the part a person would need to move forward in a new way, follow their deeper calling or the right work for them or whatever it is in their own life. And so I'm struck by that as I listen to you. And I'm thinking about um, one of the things I know you do work around is shadows are really tricky in relationships. So I'm, I'm going on a little tangent, but I feel like shadow often shows up in our relationships with others because such good mirrors, right? You do one thing, it triggers my shadow, then we're, you know, we're having a shadow battle without realizing it. <laughs> Um, so say anything you want to about, cause I know you do work around relationships and I'm just really curious how you play with that aspect of shadow. Yeah, well, they really do. They, they are mirrors, right? Like our relationships are mirrors. Um, this is what you need to work on, or this is what's uncomfortable. Um, and the shadow will show up in those relationships in kind of fascinating ways, um, where you really want to be able to to speak your truth 
and maybe that's not allowed in your family structure. And so you step into this relationship and you want to bring your best self and you find that you can't, right? Like there's a part of you that isn't able to really speak your truth. And so this is that, that sort of training ground for you to say, okay, I need to step into this part of myself. How do I do that? And to have those conversations that can bring that shadow out in a, in a gentle kind of way. And when I'm working with other people, um, a lot of times I'll, if I'm working with a couple, I will work separately on each of their shadows because you don't necessarily need to bring your shadow into that space unless it is a shadow that both of them have. And so if they have a very similar kind of shadow, that can be really um, connecting, right? Like you can connect with someone else on who they are and, and how they came to their shadow and get to know them a lot better. Yeah. So interesting. I hadn't really thought about two people carrying the same shadow, but hello, that makes perfect sense. Um, but I really appreciate that you're talking about how we relate to one another. And also, I mean, shadow work, unless I'm wrong, so correct me if I get this wrong. It's like, it's really about ourselves with ourselves, but then the mirror is another person who is helping us grow. And I would imagine that sometimes, and I'm thinking of myself in my own shadow retrievals over the years, and I continue to have them, sometimes the things we're asked to do are so uncomfortable. They feel really wrong in the beginning because we've spent so much time, quote, silencing that shadow. So is there anything you want to say about that? Because I feel like it gets tricky sometimes. You might have to be different than who you think you're supposed to be. Yeah. So I think we're set up in these really interesting ways, right? You have, you have these, these purposes set forward. You decided, your higher self decided before you even got here, these are the things that you're going to do. These are the, 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 the places that you're going to be pulled and you will feel the pull. Like you really want to go in the direction of that thing. And usually on the other side of the shadow or the fragment or whatever it is that you're working through is the thing that you really need or want or desire, right? Like that's why you're here. And the shadow will be set up in between you and your goal so that you can work on it. Otherwise, why would you, right? Like You would just put it off to the side be like, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't really need to work on that. That's unimportant. Um, but that's how I see it showing up for people. And that's why when you start to step into your purpose and, and uh, further down on your path, you'll find you need to confront the shadows. You'll find that they'll show up in your world. You'll find that there are blocks and barriers and it feels like, why is this so hard if this is what I'm really meant to do? And that is the reason. It's because we've set it up that way, right? Like our higher selves have said, yep, you're not getting to the goal until you've done these three things, one thing, seven things, 27 <laughs> things. <laughs> and on the other side of that is, good job right like you, you get to really live your live your purpose in the world and shine really bright and so part of my job is to clear that path for people so that they can step further into their purpose yeah absolutely thanks for sharing that and it strikes me too that i think the other part of following our deeper calling is and I think it's not really a dark night of the soul in the traditional sense, but often when, when I think of 
people tend to up level. Maybe that's how I think about the energy of it. It's like, oh, I'm going to a new level of how I show up for others, for myself, whatever it is. Some things that we've constantly been attached to or that have made sense in the past fall away. And it's kind of like, wait a minute, what, there's nothing. Like there's just sort of, I call it a still point when I'm working with clients. There can be a still point until the new reveals itself. So I'm wondering if there's anything you want to say about that, because I feel like that's related to shadow. Sometimes when we reclaim something, there's sort of the strange transition time that we have. Yeah, I mean, there there kind of has to be, right? Like when you've released so much, um, your your external is going to have to change because you're not because working you're through not the working. same things that you were in the past. And so if you if you clear a whole bunch, you will find that, that there is that still point. There is that space of, okay, now what am I doing, right? Like everything has to shift. There is a path change. I can feel it. I can see it. And I'm not quite on it yet. So the way that I see this happening for people and um, I, when I'm working with other people, I can see like the, the path for them and I can actually see uh, their higher self putting things on the path in front of them in their soul. Like that's, that's how it shows up for me. And I see things being put on their path that are completely different, but it means that they have to maybe meet a completely different group of people or um, move across the country or something will shift and change for them in a really big way. And it, and it can't be because we're in a um, very tangible world. It can't be automatic. And so there has to be this open space like, okay, you've completed those contracts. You've done that work. Fantastic. Now we're going to set you up on a different path in a different direction. This is what that has to look like. And you need a little more time and space to do that. Yeah. And, you know, we're so impatient in our good Western culture, right? Like we just want instant results because we get them everywhere. But anyway... I think this journey of following our deeper calling or our soul purpose is much more, um, you know, turn left here. And then I'll tell you the next direction when it is time, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you don't get the whole map to the entire destination up front. Well, and so means- much has, <laughs> and, and sometimes so much has to happen on, not just for you, but for the people around you to have those spaces set up in just the right way so that you can step into them and, and, you know, be given the gifts that you were that, you know, that are supposed to be on your path or share the information with the people who are meant to have it. And maybe they're not ready for it yet. And so there are external factors at play, meaning you, you really have to be patient. Patience is built into this this experience and it boy that's uncomfortable <laughs> right darn it this whole waiting thing, none of us like it yeah no. thanks for sharing that and i think the last question i had around just sort of getting clear about the shadow work is are there practices because i feel like people can work with you and that's super powerful i know from experience um but are there things people can do from a practice perspective that maybe just like get us in the habit of being curious about our shadow and making room for it in our lives. Cause I think sometimes it's like a combo of maybe working with a really gifted healer, but also maybe doing some work in the meantime. Oh my gosh. Yes. So journaling, 
um, huge and stepping into um, those quiet spaces of meditation and asking some really, really pointed questions. Um, namely, what would make me the most uncomfortable right now? And then close your eyes and see what comes up. <laughs> and what do I really want to do in my life? And then what is actually standing in the way of me doing that? If I did that, what would be the worst thing that happens? It's like the worst case scenario. Your shadow is going to show up for you in those spaces that are, that are going to tell you it's not okay to speak. It's not okay to dream. It's not okay to do this thing that you actually are able to do really, really well. Um, so any of those spaces that feel like they're off limits, those are the spaces to step into a little bit further and say, okay, so why? If I stepped into it further, what is the worst thing that happens? And then what part of me is sitting in that space that I can connect with? And that would be your shadow. Your shadow is the one that's like just hanging out like, hey, how you doing? I would love, <laughs> I would love to be connected again so we can actually do the work. Yeah. So chatting with that part of you is huge. But being able to point in the right direction of like, where, where is that? Um, you know, focus on the things that are uncomfortable. Yeah, thank you for that, Angela. So we're going to take a short commercial break, but I can't wait for the next installment of Shadow and how to work with it and how it can really open your life. This is Teresa on the Your Deeper Calling Show on Bold Brave TV. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy sense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation author radio show host and coach john m hawkins reveals strategies to help gain perspective build confidence find clarity achieve goals john m hawkins new book Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Teresa here on the Your Deeper Calling Show on Bold Brave TV, and I'm here with Angela. 
we're having this conversation about what might seem like kind of a, oh boy, who wants to talk about the shadow, but it's really actually the interesting thing about shadow is it's actually like part of your liberation, right, Angela? It's the place where you, if you put a little effort, you have so much more freedom and so much more, your word was kind of putting all the pieces together. My word might be integration of who you truly are and maybe what the fullness of your gifts are in the world. So just a little recap of where we've been. We talked a lot about sort of defining the shadow thing and how it shows up. I would love to move into kind of how do we relate with ourselves first? Because I feel like shadow work, the invitation is how we show up for ourselves first. So let's start there. How do we show up for ourselves when we're grappling with shadow stuff? Yeah. Well, I think um, showing up for ourselves is really important and it starts like our, our understanding of how we're allowed to show up for ourselves starts when we're really little. And it actually, in a lot of cases, starts even before you're really little in your past lives. And so I see those, those past life issues showing up and the childhood issues showing up as very much building the shadow. So knowing that it's very old, um, knowing that there isn't judgment there, there's not, um, this isn't about, you know, trying to, trying to dictate what your shadow does and <laughs> how it shows up for you. Like, no, you're, you're coming back. It's going to be like, to be able to step in gently, I think, and with a great deal of compassion for the parts of you that have been neglected, that have been pushed off to the sidelines, that have not been allowed to be their, the full expression of themselves, I think is the, is the best place to start. So bringing in compassion to all of those places and where you see them showing up. And if you can name them and say, I know when that started, like I, I, I can tell this is where that started. I know that these people had my best, you know, their best intentions in mind or not sometimes, right? Um, and just to have compassion for everyone all around and saying, okay, so this is where we're at. And if I really did show up as my full self, would that be the worst thing? Would I be, would I be neglected by society? I mean, really what we're talking about in shadow work is this deep fear that you will not belong. That if you actually show up as your full, whole authentic self, that not every single part of you is actually welcome to the party. That's what we're afraid of. And whatever that looks like, whether it looks like being ignored, kicked out of the party <laughs> completely, um, you know, whether it looks like being made fun of at the party, like worst case scenario for you, that is what you are afraid of and thus putting that part of you off to the side. So yeah, just knowing that yeah. to start with saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to bring a great deal of compassion and gentleness to this work because I, I know what's actually happening here. I think that's the, that's the first thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so interesting that we can really get stuck in that place of like feeling the fear of abandonment so strongly that we don't pursue what really matters to us or we don't, step through, I think sometimes shadow work involves stepping through some things we'd really rather not do because it questions all the things we do to belong and be safe in the world, which is what we're all seeking at. A, I mean, that's basic psychology. You were talking about young earlier, but you know, 
Maslow's hierarchy of needs starts with safety and belonging and basic structure over our head. So I think the reason I bring that up is there's a part of compassion we have to hold when we do this kind of work, because it does get at the most um, fragile, young, maybe is the right word, parts of ourselves that get sliced and diced off. And it's kind of tricky sometimes because, man, there's a reason why we chose to shelf something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all, there's always an origin. And um, in, in a lot of the work that I do, finding the reason for it, the core of the issue when it actually started is the first step to figuring out how to release it. In some ways, um, that, that is really the work. Where did it start? Okay, now we get to pull it back. If you can't find the core of it, if you can't find the start of the issue, it can't release. It just, it just won't. And so being able to name it for shadow work is really important. You don't have to necessarily know um, that it was seven past lives that are coming forward to be healed, but you do need to know um, that those past lives had a lot to do with you stepping further into your gift and that wasn't allowed then. Um, and so, you know, say uh, you have clairvoyant ability and that's n like not allowed in your family system, that's not allowed in, you know, your religious upbringing. Um, it's looked at as like kind of a problem. You will, you will put that away. And so it is very possible that you have all of these beautiful gifts inside of you that actually can't come forward fully. Maybe you're, you know, a little bit of it can, but only as much as you allow. And so being able to actually do the shadow work and saying, no, I welcome all of these, regardless of what that looks like, because I am here to do really big, beautiful work. And I can't do it as a, as a fragmented person, as a part of a person. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And so going in a, a relevant but slightly different direction, back to relationships and relating to others, because I think, at least for me, the work, the people that come to me, and I know you do some mentorship work that's similar in that it's helping people get in alignment with what their natural gifts are and what they're really here to do in the world. The shadow piece and how we relate to others, one of the things I notice for folks who need some healing and re rewiring is what I call it, <laughs> is that they often are doing things from their wounds. Like, oh, whenever I see this, I always automatically do this thing and I jump in to rescue the other person or whatever the language is. But it's very telling to me that they're operating from a very disconnected shadow piece versus get reintegrating that piece and then saying, actually, the part about that, that I've not only healed, but gathered some gifts around is this, and this is what I'm really good at it. So I just wanted to open the question, like that's the landscape I'm laying. What would you say to that? Because I feel like it comes up a lot in this discovery of who I really am and what I'm really meant to do in the world in the way I will do it. Yeah. I think that the way, the, the way to is through, right? Like you cannot go around. You can't skirt the issue. If it's sitting in front of you and it's coming up for you right now, chances are there's a really good reason, right? Like now is the time to actually do the work um, because it's being asked to be seen. And I think that really, really paying attention and, and allowing the people around you that you're working with to really pay attention to what is coming up for them 
is such an important gift. Um, it's, it's this noticing, this allowing uh, to see even in your week, like, like three days ago, something happened and I'm feeling this way. It's not, well, let's set that aside because we're doing other work. So let's just keep doing that. <laughs> like, no, if, if something came up for you three days ago and you're still thinking about it, it came up for a very particular reason. Good. Let's do that. Go through it. And then on the other side of that, we know that there's going to be some clarity. And a lot of times um, the thing that they're bringing up in a session that seems just very random is exactly the thing that's kind of been standing in their way all along and needed to be processed through. So it came forward on that day to be worked on. I love it when that happens. It happens all the time. I was going to say, I believe it. And I think, again, back to the point that I think whenever we're moving toward what we really desire, every time we come around, the older I've gotten, the more I realize it's more like a spiral than like we often met when I was younger. I imagined, oh, if I just do this thing, then I'll be at this level and I'll always be at this level. It's more circular. It's like, oh, here's another layer of that thing that I carried forward (laughs) this lifetime to work on. Here it is again. Um, but whatever it is, kind of do some work around it to really move to that next, whatever set of gifts we're meant to express, whatever it is we're here to do. Um, and I think also just reclaiming the fullness of who we are, which might possibly have to do with age. Like there's a part of me that feels like in a, in a little way, there's some sage wisdom that comes with time. And so you continue to gather medicine around a certain topic. Cause I know for myself, I have certain two or three things where it feels like, like they are my big things and they come up and I heal a part of it. And then another layer reveals itself and it's the never ending onion. But then people come to me in my work for that thing and some layers that I've already worked through. And so it's like, okay, for some of us, we are wounded healers or, you know, whatever the path might be called. That's some common language in which we're going to keep experiencing similar circumstances to learn new medicine around it. So I'm throwing that out, but I feel like that's a little part of the unspoken truth of what it means to be kind of tuning into our more subtle gifts that might be hidden in the shadow. Is that accurate to you, Angela? Yeah, for the most part, yes. And I do feel like um, rather than wounded healer, I feel like we're healed healers, right? Like we've we've understood, we've had grace and compassion and actually healed the wounds so that we are able to help others do the same. Um, there's something, there's something really, it, it's, it's innately built into our paths that we will have trauma. I mean, that that's right now we're, we are trauma-based, like we are a trauma, trauma-based existence. And to step into the trauma further and say, this is actually my work is what a lot of us are meant to do. I will say not everyone, um, not everyone is actually here to do that work. <laughs> so that's, that's a, a good thing to remember. Um, you know, not to get angry with the people around us who are just hanging out, having a good time. <laughs> Actually, that's part of what some people are here to do. And then some of us are here to do the shadow work, the inner child work, um, to, to step really big into those healing spaces to be able to help other people do the same. 
Um, and I think that it's important to know what it is that you're here for and really have a clear understanding of that before you start to to dive in and do the work a little bit more. Um, you know, we, we can bring a lot to the table if we're working within our skill set. We all have an area of accuracy. Um, I, I talk about this in my mentorship group with muscle testing. You have an area of accuracy. If you can understand that, you can understand more about why you're here because you, you have the parameters. They're already set up for you. And so if you step further into that space and not outside of that space saying, well, what's what is sitting in front of me isn't really okay. I'm not letting myself do that. But I'm seeing that this other person over here, well, that looks fun and that looks easy. And I'm just going to do that. I'm going to step into their skill set. But <laughs> it's really not helping anyone because then who's doing the work that you came here to do? You're here to do that work. We're missing yeah. out on that work. <laughs> we need that work. Right. Right? I love that. Just that reminder that we each carry something unique and different. And there is a lot of comparison out there. I feel like in the age of social media, might I say, it's like, oh, we should be more like so-and-so when in fact each of us is just hardwired with certain gifts, talents, abilities, etc. Okay. We got to take a commercial break, but we're going to be back. We'll continue the conversation. This is Teresa on the Your Deeper Calling Show on Bold Brave TV. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality? But it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating. Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant. Like I had relief right away creating better health relationships careers and finances let shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness definitely something's happening uh like a, a flow inside you know it feels good whether in person or online shiraz provides personal coaching belief shifting visit shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Hey, welcome back. Teresa here on the Your Deeper Calling Show on Bo Brave TV. All right, Angela, it's been a fun conversation so far, and we sort of have this opportunity, I think, to talk about 
one thing that matters to me, and I know you have a response based on your work, which is we are often taught part of the shadow in its own unique way is we're often taught to look outside of ourselves for answers for what we should be doing. People follow gurus and do things that are like, really, why are you doing that? But we just are seeking a navigation system, for lack of a better word. And I really, in my work, help women reconnect with their inner navigation system. Like, how do you know when something is true for you or a yes for you or right for you? Um, And I know you do that work with people's higher self. So I just wanted to sort of open this conversation about, hey, we have some ways we can navigate through our world, through our experiences that often get overlooked and can be really valuable. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, yeah, exactly. I, the work with the higher self is, um, I couldn't do the work that I do without it. I, I couldn't do the work that I do without connecting in to my higher self. Um, and I wouldn't feel good about the work that I did if I wasn't actually helping people connect into their higher selves, because that is really where the wisdom is. Um, we are taught that outside of ourselves is going to be the, there's some expert, um, the, the smartest person is the exact right answer for you. Um, it isn't true, um, that you are actually your own best wisdom. (laughs) And if you can connect into that, for you, it's inner wisdom. For me, it's that that higher self. It's the part of you that is you when you're not in body, that has access to every single past life, every single piece of information about you. And if you were to go and ask a a guide or some other outside version, either in body or out of body guide, they would not be able to give you as clear a picture of who you are and why you're here as your higher self is able to give you. And so being able to connect into that part of you and in some ways clearing the shadow to be able to connect into that part sometimes for people is huge. Um, we, we are really, really taught and we are hardwired um, to be connected into a system of connection with other people when it looks like you are not necessarily going to be able to connect in with other people, you won't belong. If you think about things differently, if you do things differently, sometimes that's enough to allow that disconnection from your higher self. And when you look around, you see tons of books. And like you said, gurus and all sorts of people who, um, it, it looks like they have all the answers and actually they might for them. Like the book that they wrote might be like exactly what they needed to know and hear and exist in the world as. But if you take that as your truth, you're missing out on your inner wisdom. That's what I want to connect people back into. You're really here for a very specific reason. So what is that? And then share that with other people. And maybe just maybe some of it overlaps, but it doesn't necessarily need to. And it and it won't, it's not guaranteed. Right. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's interesting. I'm thinking about uh, you and I did some work together recently. And uh, for me, learning that how my higher self and I actually connect to each other was a real gift of that, because I think I was often, um, even how I was connecting to my higher self was based on gurus I had talked to about how to do the thing. 
And I was probably getting inaccurate information. I say that in quotation marks, but seriously, really not my natural. And now that I know it and know what that feels like, oh, this is what it feels like when something's a yes for me and a no, I actually can tell in a second, right? When I'm really grounded and centered in my own experience. So I think um, your language, I love it, connecting to your higher self mind, your you know inner knowing, whatever it is, there is a part of us who knows the bigger picture, the parts that are, and I say this with a lot of love, like our poor pea brain, you know, the, the one that wants to figure it all out, nail it all down and have the 10 year plan. <laughs> that is our ego. We love it. It helps us pay our bills. Um, but it can, it can get too, uh, too busy almost to really let in sort of the whispers of the bigger life sometimes. Would you say agree with that? Yeah, I think that our brains are so beautiful and, and they're here for very, you know, very good reason and, you know, allowing them to do the work that they're really, really good at is the key <laughs> and not to decide that they are everything. They can't do everything for you. Just like someone outside of yourself can't give you all the information. Your brain is a tool and it's a really smart tool. It's incredible but it doesn't have all of the information. And I think um, stepping into just one area and saying that one area is it, you're leaving out everything else. It, you're not a whole person, right? And it's not like um, only step into your higher self. You we're in physical body, like we need to be in this body as well. Um, just stepping into your heart space and being there and living from that space, beautiful. Um, and you do need something else too, right? Like we are, we've got three minds and one of them is our brain and one our heart and one our gut. And we need all three of those to be able to exist. And you see this, this beautiful orchestra of information that we really are as beings and knowing that we need all of it to be able to get the information, to, to be able to do what we're here to do is really important and not to um, separate off and say, this is the only thing, this is where I'm getting my information and, um, and, I'm, and I'm going to ignore all else, I think is a mistake. Yeah, thanks for saying that, Angela, because I, I feel like too, the other thing I talk about, it feels related, is using our exquisite masculine and feminine energy, no matter what gender we are. It's like there's a part of us who needs to be in the more feminine, which is the, the dreaming and the mysterious and the creative and sort of this more open flowing, as well as the collaborative and compassionate, like there's that energy. But that alone, kind of like being in the spiritual energy alone, doesn't allow us to then do the three-dimensional, which the exquisite masculine is actually really great at protecting, taking courageous action, doing what needs to be done to care well for our bodies, et cetera, like that. So when we use it all together, which is really what it seems like we're talking about today, there's so much more available to us and we need to be able to access all parts of our wisdom. You were talking about the gut and the mind and the heart. And, you know, I might even add in spirit, you know, there's kind of that divine wisdom that's beyond all three, but we really need all the pieces and parts at the table for the best outcome, don't we? Yeah. And that's, that's, I think, where the higher self is. I mean, that is the collection of all of who you are. And so stepping into that space is really stepping into that wholeness and saying, 
this this is going to give me a really big picture understanding of you know my gifts um where i'm headed what i really need um on a on a basic needs level but also like on a spiritual plane level what it is that i need here and now yeah absolutely so one of the things you and i've talked about and i feel like just figuring out how to weave it in right here is this idea that we see different practices out in the world different healers people might work with and so maybe just talking about and perhaps someone is choosing to be an energy medicine practitioner of some kind but really being thoughtful about it. Because one of the things I see it all the time in coaching, uh, students in particular are starting to practice in the program I'm teaching right now because we're in that part of the program we're about halfway through. It's very easy to operate from, um, I'm going to help someone no matter what, versus what is the right thing for a person right now. And I know in the beginning, I learned that very early on from my very first energy practitioner teacher. It was like, we really need to be in touch with how we're operating, being mindful of how our choices when someone's vulnerable and open with us might influence them. And I know you're really passionate about the topic of energy ethics. So I just want to make room for anything you want to share about how people who are called to serve others might pay attention to that piece of it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah. So when you're stepping into that space or even when you're finding a practitioner to work with, I think that it's important to understand that even though you're working with um, the seemingly invisible, that there are still rules at play. We need to have, we we need to have boundaries and um, at the core of the work that I do with people is consent. And so the, the way that I do this when I'm working with someone else's higher self is I am constantly asking for permission. First and foremost, I'm asking for permission from the person sitting in front of me. Hey, do I have permission to tune into your higher self? Because that isn't just something I get to do if I'm, you know, riding on the bus and I'm tuning into this. That's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not my job. This person isn't, they did not give me consent to do that. Um, and I think that one of the ways that it's really important to to come at this work is um, the the people that we're learning from to to make sure that they're doing that as well. And so um, I've been in classes before where we're doing readings on people who have are deceased um, and but not asking for permission to to tune in. <laughs> is this okay if I'm asking about your life? Is this okay to get information from you? Um, and I think it is important to know and to, to act as if, um, integrity is at the forefront of the work that you're doing and embedded into the work that you're doing. And so, you know, when you're actually like stepping into working with someone, you don't just get to ask about their daughter, (laughs) right? Like, like I'm just going to tune into your daughter and see about, I don't get to do that. That isn't, that isn't my job. She's not here. Permission was not granted, you know, which um, which I think is a really big deal. And then knowing knowing what work it is that you are meant to do is a really important thing as well. Yeah, thanks, Angela. I appreciate that so much because I think, right, it comes from the best place. People really want to help and people really think they're being helpful. And I feel like one of the things that I've seen over and over in the 20 some years that I've been doing different kinds of healing work is that 
it can really actually, I hate to use the word damage someone, but give them more than they're ready to digest might be a kinder way to say it. And then then we're not really contributing to their well-being at all. We're actually giving them a setback that they don't need right then. So being able to be mindful of how we choose to navigate the process with people, I feel like that all the time in clinic. It's like, oh, there's all this I could do with this person who is struggling, but what is like the most important thing today? How can I distill it down? And maybe that's just my personal preference as a human, but I'm always trying to simplify it and distill it down because people can't change everything at once and we can cause them to short circuit. That's the language I have for it. And that's just so unhelpful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I find that to be very, very true. Um, If you give people too much information, I, again, I'm defer to their higher self and just say, you know, is this okay to share with this person right now? Will this be a detriment to them? Yes. Okay. Then I'm not sharing it. (laughs) Yeah. Great. I love that. All right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and come back one more time. Angela, I wish you could stay all day, but we have other things. So this is Teresa on the Your Deeper Calling Show on Bold Brave TV. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick. Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy easysense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation Everyone, welcome back. I'm here with Angela. And Angela, I don't know, we kind of, we're just in the middle of finishing a conversation about really being mindful about how to do the work. So I want to just start by asking, is there anything we didn't get to cover? Mm, Yes. (laughs) Lots, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I do think it's a really uh, important, at least for me as a practitioner, to 
to be able to ask some some really important questions um, of the person's higher self that I'm working with. If I'm getting information, um, is it okay to share? When we've done some work and it's really big work, is that person really um, ready for more or do they need more time? Um, so just making sure that I'm being really mindful of taking care of the person in front of me and constantly checking in with their higher self is a huge part of the work that I do. Yeah, great. Thank you. I was going to say, I felt like you were just in the middle of your thoughts when we went to break. So thank you for that. And I'm wondering if there's, I know you have several things on the docket for this fall. So are there any offers you want to let the audience know about that you have coming up? Yes. Um, so one in particular is called Bringing Your Shadow to Light. It's a series of uh, six shadow work classes where you're we're meeting um, once a week and you get to meet uh, six of your shadow selves and integrate them. So I'm really excited. It's a, it's a class that I've done um, multiple times. And so I'm excited to step back into it and see all of the big, beautiful transformation that can happen in just a really short amount of time. So that starts in October. Um, yeah, I think that's the big one. Um, the, the other thing that I am starting to, to offer now is uh, couples classes or couples sessions. Um, so we can really dive into the work uh, ethically. <laughs> um, so it's not, hey, can you ask about my husband or can you ask about my wife? Uh, it's, well, I can if we're working together, right? Like if I'm asking both of you at the same time, then we can do that. So um, those are the two that I'm the most excited about right now. Yeah, that's really, really exciting. And I think it's so important. I feel like in all of my years of coaching and doing other healing work, relationships are so key to our sense of, like you said, belonging and social connection. And uh, when you look at longevity research, this is me putting on my dorky professor hat, but nonetheless, uh, people who are in healthy married relationships tend to do better and live longer. So there's some good benefit to like, as a couple, be doing some of this work together. And I love that your angle is sort of the shadow piece of it, because that's often what also trips people up and makes relationships hard. Am I right? It is. Well, and also, uh, I've, I've met people who one of them is doing the work, and they're, they're really stepping further into the work. And they find that they just, they're, they're distancing themselves from the person they used to be, which also means that there's a distance growing between them and the person that they're with. And um, if you're both doing the work and you're both in it, then you can grow at the same time. And I think that's, that's one of the beautiful opportunities in the work too. So that's, yeah, I, I think that's huge. If you're actually in it with the person and saying, yep, let's, let's do this. Let's both heal, be better together so we can be together, you know, for the long term, like you're talking about. Yeah. Powerful, powerful work. Okay. I'm going to go on a tangent, but I also know you're very gifted at burnout recovery work. So I would just want to mention that as well as any kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, I want to make sure I'm using language that's right for you, but any kind of trauma that's really keeping someone from living their best, most fulfilling life is how I think about your work. Did I kind of get that right? And is there anything you want to say about those two parts of your work besides the two that you already covered? Yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, so with both of those, I think that it's um, for me when I'm doing that work, 
I know that I'm in my wheelhouse, first of all. Um, this, this is my area of accuracy when I'm muscle testing. And so I know that I'm like, yep, then I'm here. I'm, I'm doing the work that I'm meant to be doing in the world. And it feels really good. Um, and I also know that both of those things, doing really big trauma work and burnout recovery, there, there's an overlap there. So people who are going through the burnout recovery program for me, a lot of times there's, there's trauma. There is going to be, you know, a shadow side. Um, there will be inner child work to do. There's, there's all of those things. And so to step into doing all of the big work really means that you can heal from the inside out and from the core of the issue rather than from, you know, the symptoms that, that are just coming up. So I see burnout as being a symptom um, of a larger problem. And usually that has to do with trauma. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I think you're, as a recipient of your burnout recovery program, one of the things I really appreciated about it was it both looked at the trauma piece, which it shows up right in how you're responding to whatever caused you to burn out, but as well as some of the beliefs that lead to burnout. It's like, I always have to overperform or it's not okay to rest or some of the so I'm just thinking like, it's so interesting over, I don't remember how many weeks it was. It was several months, I think, if I think back to it, maybe three. Like ten, uh, yeah. But there was a lot to unlearn about how I was operating in the world. And there was also just a lot to heal. So I don't know if you want to say, I mean, I know you don't want to give away the whole thing, but sort of what are the pieces and parts? Because you, it's a very rich program that you do. It is. Yeah. Um, so what I found was, yes, there are symptoms and tapping does a beautiful job of dealing with the symptoms of burnout. But then, like you said, there are also these these limiting beliefs that were set up who knows how long ago, uh, forever ago, and in some cases past life that we came in with um, that say, this is this is how I how I need to operate in the world. If I don't do this, I won't be acceptable. So now we're back to the shadow. Um you know, I'm not good enough if I don't produce something. And so I need to keep going and going and going. Um, as a as a woman raised in this society, I need to give and do for others constantly. And if I'm not doing that, then that's not okay. So kind of un, unlearning or looking at the building blocks of how you were put together to start with on an individual basis, not everybody does it this way, which is why it's so important to work one-on-one -on -one with someone or in a group program with someone because you can really dive into their particular issue rather than just saying, do this thing, this is going to heal you, you know, you're good. We really need to look at people on an individual basis. And I think that's one of the beauty, um, the, the beautiful parts of the burnout recovery program. And a lot of the programs that I offer is it's really um, the the one-on-one -on -one work is is that's where it's at. That's where the biggest healing comes in. Um, yeah, I, I'm so glad that you went through the burnout recovery program and on the other side. <laughs> Made a huge difference in my life. I'm telling you out there, people, it's a great program. It was such good unlearning and really powerful individual work. So thanks mm -hmm. for putting that together. And it looks like we're at the end of our time. I knew it would go too fast. Thank you, Angela, for being a guest today. Thanks, everyone, for joining or watching the recording. This is Teresa on the Your Deeper Calling Show on Bold Brave TV. This has been Your Deeper Calling with your host, Teresa Nutt. Tune in each week as Teresa will discuss such topics as... 
your whole person health, evolving consciousness, and energy healing. Right here, Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave TV Network.